0: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.
1: The migration crisis enters an extremely difficult phase. The state now plans to keep the City West hub closed to international protection applicants seeking emergency shelter for at least another four days. Refugees intending to seek asylum in Ireland have been told to defer any travel plans amid a severe shortage of available accommodation. Uh, joining me now is the leader of the Labour Party, Ivana Batchik. Uh, good morning.
0: Good morning, Pat. Thank you for inviting me on.
1: Now, talk to me about what the alternative is. Uh, if you've no room, you've no room.
0: Well, first of all, just to say I did indeed raise my concern yesterday in the doll with the Taoiseach about this announcement that there will be a hopefully only a temporary pause on uh, taking in applicants, taking in people who are fleeing war and conflict and who come here seeking refuge in city, and who come to City West. And your listeners will be aware that City West has been used as a hub not just for processing applications for international protection but also for housing people, for accommodating people. And as you've said, there's over 800 people t- currently housed there. They're at capacity and they've said they can't take any more and therefore are, being, are paused for residential accommodation Although they're still processing applications my concern is that there's been a lack of government planning to ensure that there is an alternative available when city west is paused and city west we understand will be paused for residential accommodation for at least 4 days now that's going to put pressure on lots of other services i heard interviews this morning with uh, staff in the capuchin day centre in the north inner city who will be giving food to people who uh, will be will be turned away from residential accommodation will be coming to seek food in indeed in the capuchin day centre and other places but who won't have anywhere to sleep at night and that's the real concern. We need to see a better sense of coherent planning from government on this. I should say, Pat, you know, the City West Centre has been paused before. It was at capacity in July and in September of last year. So we've seen this happen already. There's been, I think, a a very clear awareness at government level now for some months that there is going to be extreme pressure on the system. and, uh, And therefore, we should have seen a much greater urgency about repurposing accommodation. I should say, in my own constituency in Dublin Bay South, I've had many constituents come to me to ask me to... To put to the government why they're not using big places like juries in Balls Bridge which has been the hotel which has been empty now for some time uh, like the Bagot Street Hospital which was operational as a hospital as an inpatient hospital until relatively recently and could be repurposed and these are the sort of accommodation centres that we should see being you know really urgently repurposed so that they can be used as an alternative to West. so I think there's more government could be doing and I should say this I ex- appreciate the extreme difficulty I appreciate as we all do the immense solidarity and generosity communities across Ireland have shown to those fleeing war in Ukraine and to those who who come here to seek refuge. But what we're lacking is a sense of centralised coordination from government. There is a sense within political circles that the Department of Children has been left to bear Almost the entirety of responsibility for emergency accommodation and indeed for forward yeah. planning. And I think that's just not good enough. We yeah. should see greater
1: for, Forward planning would be based on your best estimates. Now, in fairness to any government anywhere across Europe, uh, the war in Ukraine was a surprise. Uh, it might have been inevitable when you look back on it with hindsight that Putin was going to invade. But some of the smart money said right up to the eve of the invasion that it wasn't going to take place, although the Americans did predict that Putin would go in. So we uh, have a war which is ongoing. Uh, more and more refugees are being created. So we have an influx of people from an unexpected quarter, if you like, who are competing for all our facilities with those who have been seeking international protection. So what could the government do? And the second point is that the numbers seeking international protection are unprecedented. We have a multiple of what we used to have, and we've got to ask ourselves why.
0: Yes, well you're absolutely right of course. The war in Ukraine, the brutal invasion by Russia uh, in February of last year was uh was you say a surprise? It was certainly a terrible shock. I think there had been some predictions of course, there had been the troops massing on the borders, but I think most people had just fervently hoped clearly that it wouldn't happen uh, and uh, and that it was all bluster by the brutal dictator Vladimir Putin. But, you know, what we've seen since then of course has been I suppose, a, a predictable outcome of that brutal invasion, which is the, uh, f- you know, fleeing to to find shelter of so many women and children, particularly from Ukraine. And we've seen, I must say, you know, unprecedented solidarity, generosity, not just in Ireland, but if you look across the European Union, you'll see so many countries. You know, my, uh, my father's home country, the Czech Republic, which has taken in, you know, 400,000 refugees from Ukraine. You know, so there's like, Poland, which has taken in so many hundreds of thousands. So, you know, there is a huge... Sense of solidarity, huge sense mm. of of concern. Given that this is a war in Europe, on our own continent, that there has to be uh, generosity to refugees. So that's and
1: uh, uh, there's no uh, doubt we have done more than our proportionate share. You can talk about the immediate neighbours, which is where you would expect uh, the greater influx of refugees into Moldova, into Poland, and so on. Um, however, we're on the western seaboard of uh, the continent of Europe, and we have taken. We've added to our population 1% uh, from Ukraine. France has added 0.1%. So we are certainly doing more than our proportionate share uh, compared to those countries in Western Europe.
0: Well, just to be clear, there was an agreement at EU level precisely to ensure that there would be a fair sharing of refugees, of refugee allocations across the EU. And there's certainly some countries that should be doing more. But Ireland is not, you know, you know, there are countries that are doing a great deal more than Ireland. Yes, of course, particularly neighbouring countries. But, you know, but I think it's, it's a real testament to the generosity of the Irish people that we have take, that we have taken in so many, but we are doing it in conjunction with across across europe Europe effort to ensure that there is no, but is, uh, is is it very simple
1: calculation that uh, the second language of many people in many countries, not just in Ukraine, tends to be English. And uh, given that the Brits are turning them away and uh, keeping their numbers very very much at the lower end of the scale, the other alternative, if you want to work, if you want to live, if you want to be understood, is Ireland?
0: Well, certainly, English, of course, is a draw. But I would say this that for many Ukrainians, clearly historically, the second language was actually Russian. You know, that there is a. Well, they're not going there. No, and absolutely not. But you know, let's again just look at the fi- at, at some of the figures. As I said, the Czech Republic, with a population of twice of, uh, that of Ireland, has taken four hundred thousand. So there is a huge, huge effort going on, and particularly the countries immediately in, in close to Ukraine. And there is a there is a clear indication at EU level, a clear a rule at EU level that countries must take a proportionate share. And I think that's really important. That the solidarity across Europe and Ireland is very much playing a part in that, and that's really admirable. You know, but you asked about the. Other other, I suppose a second point is that, of course, you know, it, it, the war has now sadly been going on for 11 months and uh, it'll be on the 24th of February a full year. And that over that time, there has been time, I think, for government to engage, at a, to step up. The overall coordination mm. of the effort to secure accommodation, not just, as you say, for those fleeing war in Ukraine, but also for the numbers who come seeking international protection. And again, yes, there's yeah. been, you know, a big increase, but yeah. of course the pandemic also, you know, put an artificial halt, if you like, to displacement and to people and, and to people's ability yeah. to flee conflict. Yeah. The and,
1: numbers though of, of the people we turn back of the, those seeking international protection, uh, we turn back one in 20 or something like that. It's 5%. Um, the average across Europe is something like sixty percent. So clearly, we are more welcoming to international protection asylum seekers than many other countries are. Is that well, this, is that appropriate or right, or are we, you know, just being treated as a bit of a soft touch because our social welfare uh, yeah. system, ultimately, if you get into the the, the system, is very good, and um, we have been very accommodating. It has to be said over the years, direct provision is not ideal. Um, But it's certainly better than a, a, a war strewn country that you might have left.
0: Well, first of all, you know, to, to listen to stories, to speak with those who come here seeking refuge, it's clear that what they've fled in most cases is, is truly appalling and uh, and they're grateful for the, and a, hugely appreciative, anyone I've met, of the immense support he, that they're getting here. But, you know, certainly I would be cautious about comparative figures on asylum claims. The big problem we've had in our system here for <clears throat> some time now has been delays in the processing of claims. And I absolutely agree, we need to ensure an efficient system in which people's applications applications for asylum and for refugee status are processed swiftly. Uh, and, you know, I'm looking today, for example, at, at uh, uh, notes in the Department of Justice pointing out that many people, when deportation orders come to be served, have already left the country where they have failed in their application system. So, you know, the system needs to be made more efficient. That's absolutely for sure. But to say that, you know, that we are more generous than other EU countries, I think, again, misses the point. Most people, certainly anyone I've met who's come here from Ukraine or elsewhere, desperately wants to work, to be able to pay their mm. own way. And we, until recently, were a relative outlier in Europe in not allowing people who came here to seek asylum to work. Yeah.
1: But, uh, but, but, but the point is, we do now, do now after six months. But the point is, when most, you do but, that, yeah. though, are you effectively giving us open borders? I mean, one of our listeners says Labour will let the whole world um, migrate to Ireland if they requested refugee status. And others, we're not that uh, you know, good at critically examining the case that people come in. Um, For are they simply economic migrants? Fair enough. You know, apply for a visa, get a job. There's loads of work available in Ireland. Do you know what I mean? Are we just opening our borders if we say, uh, yes, you can come here and you can immediately work? I mean, that's um, uh, that's economic migration.
0: Well, first of all, the government have rightly changed the law um, to reflect uh, judicial decisions and European practice to enable people to work if they're in the system here without a decision on their application for six months. So as you say, that's in line with other European countries. And the aim of government is to process the uh, applications within a, a shorter period to ensure that people aren't left waiting in the sort of legal limbo. And we in Labour have always stood, I must say this, for a fair and efficient immigration system for enabling people to come in a fair way because we also do need to ensure that we have adequate levels of immigration to fill the job shortages. And Pat, mm. wherever I go around the country, along with my Labour colleagues, I meet small business owners, uh, people working in hospitality, but in across healthcare as we know, across education, where there are enormous skills shortages. Construction, of course, notoriously so difficult now to get people to work. And therefore mm. I think we do need to look more broadly at our well, migration that's
1: system. That's about reforming which, yeah, our visa about, system so people well, can right. enter with, with complete Legality and the complete security that such legality uh, gives them.
0: Correct, and that's a very important point when we talk about immigration. To talk also about the need to reform our system to ensure that we are we are gaining the skills that we need. You know, for so long Ireland was a country of emigration. We've got such a huge Irish mm. diaspora, and I see President Michael D Higgins today on his visit to Senegal speaking about you know displacement and compassion to refugees and to those who who flee uh, war and 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 hunger and conflict. And you know, I suppose for a long time, Ireland was this country of emigrants. Now we're in a very different space. Now we are all conscious of skills shortages, of lack of uh, yeah. lack of capacity. But th- these are
1: two, uh, if you like, parallel discussions. On the yeah, one hand, uh, it is right. We need more and more people. We need the visa system to be very efficient. We need to get the skills that are required in the economy. We need somehow to house the people who are coming in. Uh, on the other hand, for every person who may be gaming our system, that's one less place for people who desperately need our system.
0: Well, again, I think the reality is what we need to ensure is a fair and efficient immigration, a fair and efficient system of immigration law. So it's about enabling people to have legal roots here where they have the skills that we need mm. in reforming our visa system. I've been very critical of government for not enabling for example, uh, the recruitment of enough healthcare workers, enough support staff in nursing homes, enough people to uh, engage in home care. We know lots of people who've been approved for home care packages to stay in their own home who cannot get the requisite carers. So, you know, there are glaring ob- and obvious gaps in our in our, uh, yeah. In but, skills, but again, skills. the point so one for, thing, for everyone
1: who games is, our system, it's one less place for people who desperately uh, need our our, our system. And that question I asked earlier about why our uh, turning away rate is so much lower than the turning away rate on average across Europe. I mean, the suspicion would be that we are a soft touch.
0: Well, Pat, I, I think the figures, certainly the figures I've seen don't reflect that. And for a long time, we had a much higher rate of refusal of applications than any other uh, EU country. There was a, a time, I, th- I think, when we were, t- we were turning away more than 90%. So I just have to look at those figures. But I would say this, you know, what we in Labour have always sought is to see a fair and efficient immigration system, a system where those who come here seeking asylum, who come here seeking refuge, have their claims processed in a fair and timely manner. So people, you know, as we know what happened in the past people left for many years. I've met people who were 10 years and more in the direct provision system. That's simply not, not acceptable, sustainable yeah. and not acceptable. So I think, I think we just need to ensure that our system is fair on all levels and that it is efficient, right. both for those who come here seeking asylum and for those who come here to bring the skills we so desperately need across so many sectors of Irish society in care, in childcare, in, el- in okay, care Okay, elderly. I, our, our
1: I, I think we get right? that point. Ivana Batrick, Leader of the Labour Party, uh, thank you very much for joining us.